We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Advanced players are, are the duplication checker and duplication predictor using ownership product as well as salary dynamics to determine, depending on you also plug in the, the contest size. And based on that, gives you a, an estimate, a rough, a rough uh, signal on what lineups will be duplicated more often than others. So obviously you want to be on less duplicated lineups. So that helps you, especially in showdown contest, MMA. Things with there aren't many options and a lot a lot of duped lineups, so definitely check that out. James Aguirre is here. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, y'all. So you can pick up the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players at theoryofdfs.com. If you have any questions you'd like to send in for the show, obviously you could type them in the YouTube chat. I always love my YouTube chat people. Feel free comment away, ask follow up questions on whatever subject we're talking about today, or just any question in general. But uh, email them in. Th- at uh, questions at theoryofdfs.com. You see the banner on the bottom. Shows you the email address. I answer them all. I will answer them all. Okay? Sometimes they're on slightly different subjects than what we're kind of on. But I kind of, like, I get a little archive of them. And I go, okay, I got a couple of questions about X. So let's start talking. <laughs> let's start talking about X. And then maybe some days I do mailbag, little quick hitter ones, where your question will be covered. And then... Uh, when it is covered on the show, I will, will always reply back and say, hey, he was covered on today's show. Go check it out. Just in case you're not watching every single day. But last Friday, last Friday, we talked about lineup simulations. How to look at your lineup. Remember, remember my adage. The adage that you should be playing DFS by. Lineups, not players. You're not playing plays. Okay? And then past that, if you go the week before on the DFS pregame show, which is one probably that first week in January, one of the most important weeks of content that you could watch. Watch it all through. But where does the money come from? That is the most important question when you're playing DFS. 
Where does the money come from? And what parts of your process, what parts of your decision-making does the money come from? And most of the time, most of your money, 90% of your money comes from simply playing against worse players, okay? It, whether it be cash games, that they play lineups that are way too low projected, or GPPs where either people play lineups too low projected or too high owned. One of the two. Those would still be bad lineups from an expected value standpoint. Okay, so that's where most of the money comes from. Okay, a little extra, a little extra of it comes from, do I play this guy or that guy? If any, right? Two V2s, that type of conversation. So if you're if most of your process involves spending a lot of time on two V2s, do I play? I have a choice between these five lineups that are really close. Really, they're really, 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 really close. Which one do I play? Probably doesn't matter. Right? Statistically, it doesn't matter at that point. That's not where most of your money co comes from. Randomly pick one of the five. You're fine. You're good. Any of the five are good. They're profitable. Play them. You can play all five, play all five of them. That's fine. You want to do that as well. We haven't talked about portfolio dynamics and how to manage that. Portfolio theory. Oh, probably, probably coming sometime. Send in your questions. If you want to deal, if you want one questions about how to manage a portfolio, right? How to how to how to estimate the expected value or the, you know, your your diversification in a portfolio as a whole, feel free to send your questions in for that. That's a little bit more advanced of a of a of a topic. But we could cover that as well. The main thing here is that even when we're doing lineup simulations and going, oh, I have a choice between 10 lineups, which one do I choose? A lot of times the answer is any of the 10 would be fine, right? There may be slight differences. Now, in, in a perfect world, if 90% of your way there from your profit comes from just bad lineups in your contests, the extra 10%, yeah, if you could get an extra 1% here and a 1% there, yeah, why not take it, right? Why not take it? Right, but that isn't the be all end all. Even if you just got to the point of like, I got ten lineups. I'm playing a playing a single entry contest, or just playing one lineup in a large field. Doesn't matter. That's like, which one do I choose? Any of the ten. Once you get to that point, any of the ten would be profitable. Some would maybe slightly more profitable than others. So always, always, always get back to that fact of where does the money come from. So I'm going to be switching screens here, right? Because Streamyard doesn't let you. That you stop way, I have to stop one and then move it over. So we're gonna go to the lineup simulator. I'm gonna take the projections that we have right now at 11 o'clock in the morning on this four game NBA slate tonight. And this, these are the four, okay, these are like the early morning projections. So these are like the algorithmically generated projections. I'm assuming our projections team will be coming in here soon and uh, making some manual updates. But remember, we're not, we're not, I'm not showing you this for like how to play tonight's slate. This is like how to, how, this is process based. We're just using the numbers that happen to be in lineup HQ right now. Okay. So we got this four game slate. Obviously, obviously it was Durant out or something. See, I, I've, I'm not playing NBA DFS. Uh, so I'm just assuming that's why the Nets are kind of coming up more. So I'm going to download the projections from lineup HQ. And then we're going to, we're, we're going to do it, do a little experiment, right? We're going to, we're going to do two, two versions of lineup simulations, because now today, last Friday, we were just basing it on just basically projection, like we're playing cash games, head-to-heads, double-ups. But what happens, if, what happens if we're playing GPPs, where ownership matters, right? It's not just playing the highest projected lineup. It's also not playing the lowest projected lineup, but it's playing the highest, one of the higher projected lineups 
that is lower owned, right? That's that's the general gist of GPPs. You're going to try to play the highest rejected lineup for the least amount of ownership, and the balance between those two things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna download these projections, which you could do by clicking this little this little you see here. It's popping up. Downloads players in the slate. You just click on that, and you get all the columns here in Lineup HQ, and you could bring it into Excel. You could do it. It's a CSV file. You could do whatever the hell you want with it. Okay. So I'm gonna download that. You're gonna see download. Right now, I'm going to switch over. I'm going to stop my screen and I'm going to switch over to my other window. Right, maybe a little, little small here. I, 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 on the lineup simulation screen, I did increase the size. Right, okay. So, are, are we getting everything here? Can everyone see everything? Okay, so I'm taking that, I'm taking that file. I see here I have the insert projection screen, and this is the lineup simulator that's in Theory of DFS at theoryofdfs.com. Right. Some people, some people get scared about this type of stuff. I don't know if I know enough about computers or I'm a dude, it's cutting and pasting. You're basically copying and pasting stuff. Right. So you see here, you get this, this file here. Where is it? It's not, it's not even showing up on the screen. Where is it? Let me make sure I'm sharing the right screen, share screen, share, oh, share entire screen. Okay. There you go. That makes it easier. Right. So now you can see it. There, there you go. Right. So all it is, is that. So, I mean, all you're doing is just like column A, the column G, right? Just matching the columns. You copy, right? You copy and you paste it. You go right to the top corner and you paste it. Done. Right. And then you need the ceiling, the floor and the salary. Right. So I cut and paste the two ceiling and floor columns and I paste it right there. Right. This is is not this is not complex stuff, folks. Right. And here's the salary column. Copy the salary column. And paste it right there. Done. Right. That's that's about as much technical knowledge you need to run run the things that we have in Excel in theory of DFS. This, I mean, this is it. And pressing buttons. Right. So I'm going to close this. This window. And then I'm going to go over to insert lineups. OK, so now we have to make lineups. So I'm going to go back. Right, I have to go back and forth, go back and forth. Okay, so now we made lineups the last time where we just like, what's the 10 best optimal lineups, right? Just by median projection. Now I'm going to build a whole bunch of lineups and I just want to take the 10 highest owned lineups, right? Typically they'll be high projected also, but let's let's just see based on our projected ownership, what the highest, you know, 100, let, let's make it, easy right we have we've no all defaults on we, we don't even need a minimum salary it doesn't matter it, it's nba it's probably gonna you're not gonna find 30k lineups or anything we're gonna have one unique player right just all defaults right we have everything in here so we're just gonna take 100 lineups just just one of the top 10 owned lineups the own lineups yeah this runs it through Looking in the YouTube trap, Jacory Brazil. Morning, Jordan. How should we use Results DB to get better at lineup construction? Well, you should be using Results DB to study the better players' lineups. Okay, so you could go into Results DB. That could be a whole show in and of itself. I would suggest emailing in questions at theoryofdfs.com and ask your questions about Results DB. But you'd be studying. You're not using Results DB for today's slate. Like, who do I play today? If you're, if you're thinking in terms of who do I play today, you're not playing DFS right because you're not playing anyone. You're playing lineups. 
but you're going to study sharp players' lineups, not the winning lineup of the tournament yesterday. You're going to go, if you if you play the single entry, whatever, it's like you want to go to the Roto-Grinders leaderboard, look at the top 50 players, and just you go there and look at their lineups. You could go into the large field contest. They have 150 sets. Look at their lineups. How did they construct lineups? What was the projection of their lineups? What was the ownership of their lineups? Right? Who are they over or under on? Right? Are they, well, some people play more exploitably than others. Right? And as you study, this is not something like, oh, I go into results DB yesterday. I'm good. I'm talking about this is something you should be doing every day for months and months, weeks, months, years. Okay? It's something, when I play a slate, there's rarely a slate where I'm not looking at results DB or downloading a CSV and looking at lineups from, from my competitors. There's not, there's nary a slate. Unless I'm prim, maybe cash, if I'm just playing cash on a given day or something. I don't, I don't need to care about the GPP types of constructions. Every NFL slate, I will look Monday morning. Now, after you've been doing it for seven plus years, doesn't take that long. I'm looking for a very small little, I wonder what this guy did here. I wonder what those guys did. Okay. I see a couple of line line. Okay. They went a little super stack there. Okay. I see some, some, some Alex Baker super stacks. I noticed he's been doing that a lot. You start picking up on things. So that's what you should be doing. And then learning how to play DFS better. That's how I learned before we had all these tools in 2015, 2016, that's all you can do. It's just one of the better players doing it. How can I how can I pick up the concepts that they're using in my own process? Right? Stacking in baseball, right? If imagine you never played MLB, right? You didn't even understand the concept of correlation in, in DFS. You may be picking out who's gonna hit a home run today and all my line and try to win a GPP. But then you study good players and you're like, oh wow, everyone that I study is playing like four man, five man stacks. There has to be a reason for it. There has to be a reason. Right? You'd figure that out. You'd figure that out pretty quickly, right? Just by studying the players' lineups. So here we go. We built uh we built a hundred lineups. Okay. The top optimal is what 262.46. Then we have 262.35. And obviously, these are all median numbers, not floors, not ceilings. So now I'm just looking that that we could sort here by total fantasy points, right? We've done that, we've done this before, right? I'll I'll do I'll do that, do what I did on Friday first, right? We're gonna export. These 100 lineups by fantasy points, right? I'm going to take the top 10, right? You can see here the same as before, right? Okay, I'm going to stop screen. I'm going to go over to the other screen, right? So you see here, same thing. You just get a a little CSV file, right? All you have to do is cut and paste, right? Look, I'm cutting and pasting these columns and uh, the top 10 lineups. Cutting and pasting. Right over here, plug them in. There you go. Right. So we have the projections for all these players. Right. We have the lineups here. And now I could just go over to lineup simulations and it will run a thousand Sims, Monte Carlo Sims. And how often does the lineup beat out the other lineups? So, like 12% of the time, this is the highest lineup that it scores. Right in that simulation. So how, what percentage of time, not what percentage of time this lineup wins some contest that you're playing, but just amongst the 10 lineups, who has the high, who, what, which one ends up with the highest score. So you see here outside of maybe the, the lowest one is 6.68. We could, we could keep on refreshing. You can keep on doing this, right? 
So you see here, it's like lineup six, which has, look, 265.93 median, right, which is lower, wins almost as much of the time as lineup two, right? So when if you're playing like cash games, this is what I showed on Friday. If you're playing cash games, you're like, which lineup should I play? It's like, dude, you, you, you don't understand how, how narrow, how, you know, so minuscule the difference between these lineups are. These are 1v1s and 2v2s and everything, right? Based on the floor and the ceiling and the median of the players. So this is if we had like the top 10 lineups, right? We could run these. It looks like lineup lineup six has a slightly higher ceiling, I guess, right? Or slightly higher floor. So lineup six, which is Curry, O'Neal, Stanley Johnson, Pirtle, Irving, Hart, Lillard, Simmons. Seems like Simmons is in most lineups, right? Yeah, it's in every lineup. Maybe slightly better, like slightly lower projected, but has, you know, the, their range of, the lineup six's range of outcomes is a little bit wider, which means it beats out one, two, and three. More often than it should, slightly more often maybe than the median would would allow it. Now these margins, like I said, these margins, if you're playing head-to-heads and double-ups, don't matter, okay? These margins probably don't matter in GPP either, right? They matter this much, right? This much. Remember, 90% of your profit is coming from People that are playing lineups that are way less than, that are not anywhere close to any of these 10 lineups, okay? If you're playing double-ups or head-to-heads or anything, like, that's not, if you played the 10th lineup here, you would still be profitable as long as you're playing in contests that people had, that, you know, 20-plus percent of the field are making lineups that are worse than the 10th lineup here, right? And your profit against the people that are making, like, lineup one, two, and three, like, they'll make slightly more than you. But as long as you have bad players, bad lineups in your contests, even the 10th lineup would be profitable. So if you're thinking about like, which one do I play? Which one do I play? If you're in a contest where no one plays any lineups that are lower than lineup 10, no no one in the contest is profitable. No one is, right? The rake eats you at somewhere between 10 and 15%, right? So even though from a result standpoint, it's like, oh, a lot of people played lineup one. I played lineup two, a bunch of people played lineup three, some people played lineup four, another person played lineup six, and let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice and see what happens. Then it turns out your 2v2 won over someone else's 2v2. And you go, great, I'm a great cash player. No, you're not. You're all losers. You're all losers. In a longer sample, go out for the entire season. You'll, you're going to go and go, wow, it seems like I, I, I have a 55% win rate for minus 2% ROI or something like that. You go, how, or we have 0.8% ROI or like something like that, where there's enough, there's just enough bad lineups in there that like eats the rake and that's about it, right? Where does the money come from? So once you, once you understand that, it's like, you're not, you're not caring as much about 2v2s, but that's like the, one of the biggest things that bad players do, that average players, that newer players don't understand. As long as you're finding contests that are weak, like any of these lineups could be profitable. The prop the f- play those contests, right? Don't play head to heads against sharper players. Even if you think you're slightly better than them, you're not going to be 15% better than them. You're not going to be 10% better than them. Okay. So this is the instance where we just pulled in the top projected lineups from a median standpoint. Well, what happens if we just play? I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to clear lineups. I'm going to sort. I'm not going to show this on the screen, but I'm going to short, uh, sort. In lineup HQ by projected ownership now. So instead of fantasy points, 
Now the order of the lineups were going to be by by ownership sum. So the first lineup is 262.9% owned, 260% owned. These lineups are in like the 258 range. The top lineup is 262, actually. So you can see here from an ownership standpoint, right? I'm going to take the top owned lineups. 258, 260. You can see, okay, let's see. Here we go with the top owned lineups. I'm going to just export. Export again. It should be in order of ownership now. And I'm going to take, you see here, like I got it right from lineup HQ. I'm going to take the top 10 lineups sorted by ownership. Based on our owner. Obviously, if you change the numbers, it'll be different. It'll be different lineups, right? But if you want to change ownership or you want to aggregate or you want to, like, later in the day, the ownership is going to change also. Remember, we update this multiple times throughout the day. So I'm just using these numbers in the morning as an example. So if you did this now and then, like, oh, those are the lineups that I build, and then there's seven people out on the injury report and three starting lineup changes and our projections change and our ownership changes four times. It's like those lineups don't mean anything anymore. That's why it's, especially in NBA, why aren't, why you even bother building lineups until like an hour before lock? And even then that may, five minutes before lock, something happens and you got to change everything again. So I'm going to plug in, I'm going to paste, right? Just cut and paste the top owned lineups. Okay, so by ownership only. And let's see, we go to lineup simulations and we see here that based on ownership, it looks like the highest owned lineup is not necessarily even the best lineup, right? It looks like lineup three compared to the top 10 owned lineups would be the best. It seems like it has the highest, higher floor and the highest ceiling, right? We also have lineup nine. Lineup nine is, is pretty close also. So by own, these are the top 10 own ownership sum lineups. So we see here in a couple of simulations that we got lineup three, lineup six, and lineup nine. So let's go, let's go back. Let's go back to lineup HQ. Let's take a look. Switching back and forth between the screens. Okay, so we have lineup three, lineup six, and lineup nine. Right? So one, two, because these are at 258, 258, and this one's 261. That's why. There we go. Right, lineup three. Now we got lineup six, right? Three, four, five, six. 259.33. Okay. And then we also got lineup nine. Lineup six, lineup seven, lineup eight, lineup nine, 261.36. So do you see the inefficiency here? It's a I mean, it's a very slight inefficiency. The highest owned lineup actually isn't the highest projected lineup. The highest owned as an ownership sum. There's actually a lineup that is like three points lower projected from a median standpoint to lineup three or lineup nine, right? So what can we learn from this? That there is inefficiencies, right? We want the highest, we were, we're looking for high projected lineups that are lower owned, right? And depending on the size of the contest you're in, determines how big of a gap you don't mind, right? You're playing a hundred man contest. You're playing a hundred man contest. Maybe you just play lineup nine. Maybe whatever lineup nine is here, that's fine, right? A lot of people are playing lineups one through eight. You're playing lineup nine that has a better chance of winning out of those 10 lineups 
than what it is going to be owned, even though it's still a high-owned lineup. Right? We're still talking about 10 very high-owned lineups. So you need a very small field to like have that little amount of leverage, right? But we can scale that in whatever way we want. I mean, obviously, for large field, you're scaling it way up. But even in, sm- in small field, under you know 500, under 1,000 entries, right? So what do we do? At lot? I showed this in lineup HQ of if we had a choice, right? If we go here, the fantasy points column, right? We sorted these 100 lineups by fantasy points. Like we look here and it's like, we have a lineup 262.46. Its ownership sum is 255. Okay. So the lineup that projects underneath it should also be lower owned. Because why would you play a lineup that is higher projected and higher, like that lower projected and higher owned? So you see here. So as we scroll down, total fantasy points, as we shed median projection, we should be shedding ownership as well. So if we encounter a lineup that is lower projected, but still higher owned than the next lineup, we probably should get rid of it because the lineup above it is slightly better. Slightly. Doesn't mean that lineup is bad. Just means the other lineup is slightly better. And we could build 500, 1,000 lineups. And if we're choosing to play one or three or five or 20, that's where the 90% of our money comes from the bad players, right? But 10%, we're fighting over that. So why not kind of trip? We had a choice between two lineups. Why not play the lower owned one? Especially if the, the higher owned one is lower projected by even this much, right? So I've shown going through lineup HQ and manually going through and going, okay, 262, 260. This should be in order of projection. So as it goes down, the ownership should go down. So this is 255, 247. The next lineup is 247.38. That's fine. Next one is 259, right? We see here that the, the projection goes down by almost a half a point, but the ownership goes up by 12%. So if you had a choice between this lineup, lineup one and lineup two, you'd obviously play lineup one. It's higher projected and it's also lower owned. So I'm going to get rid of that lineup, get rid of this lineup here that is higher owned than it is projected. So I'm going to find these lineups that are at least as I go down, 247, 246, 242, 257. So this is too high. It has to beat out 242.59. This is 241.84. This is 234.94. 247, no good. We have to beat out 234, right? This lineup right over here. 236 is no good. 242 is no good. 232, okay, that's fine. 232, 252 is no good. 248 is no good, right? We have to be 232. This is no good, no good, no good. Doesn't mean they're bad lineups. They're still, they still can be fine lineups, but in comparison to the lineup that's just above it, the lineup just above it would be slightly better because it is higher projected and lower owned. So we have to be 232. Let's see if we have any lineups that could be 232. Now we got a lot of lineups in the 240s and 250s, 233, 239, 243, 239, right? This is just in the top. Remember, this is just in the top 100 of projected lineups, just like just based on pure projection. So we're just getting rid of these lineups that we have projected own higher than their, their projection, right? 232.46. Nope, we have to be 232.2. 
Keep on going. We're going to get rid of a lot of these lineups. 232. Nope. Nope. Here's a 258 lineup. And you can see how the margins and ownership matter. So, like, if you change someone's ownership by, like, two percentage points or five percentage points, I mean, the lineups that you're going to be eliminating and playing is going to be much different. 232, 232. Let's see. Can we find anything? Can we find anything underneath here? In the top 100, at least. Obviously, you could build 300. You could build 3,000 and do this. And obviously... If you know, in the theory of DFS for advanced players, we, we have a tool that does this for you automatically. So you can bring all these lineups in Excel and do this exact process, which we call smart trim, and do it in about a fraction of a second, depending on how many lineups there are. If you're doing it on like 3,000 lineups, then it takes a couple of seconds. All right, so we're trying to find any lineup that beats in the top 100 that beats 232. Oh, here's a 222. Okay, we found one. 222. Now we go to the next one. I'm just doing it manually just to show you the process of what you're doing. So instead of just bringing it into the portfolio trimmer and acting like it's doing doing something special, it's not. All it's doing is trimming down lineups that are too high owned for their projection. Doesn't mean they're bad lineups. It just means if you had a choice between any of these lineups in the set, maybe the ones we only have three lineups, maybe Filter it out. Filter these out. Play slightly better lineups. Higher EV lineups. 225. Nope, we got to be 222. If you have any questions about this, just put it in the YouTube chat. I will take a look. Normally, I do this in the portfolio trimmer, but this is just want to show you manually. You can do it. You don't even need the tools. You don't, you don't even need it. All you need is a Roto-Grinder subscription, which you should have already. You get all the projections. You get all the numbers. You get all our entire projections team. You get Jamino and the crew. You get why? Why wouldn't you? Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. We do all the work. Look at I mean, essentially, like ninety percent of the work is done for you. Pl turning player names into numbers, right? And project projected ownership. So where are we trying to beat now? Two twenty two. Two twenty two. I don't know if we're going to find a two twenty two. Let's see. In the top one hundred. Two twenty two. Do I got a 222 going once going? Well, no, I got a, I got more lineups. Let's see. 222. See, look, 262 down here. 222, 222. Can we beat 222? Getting down to the nitty gritty. So, I mean, some of these lineups are just like 258. Like, why would you play? Why would you play a lineup? I mean, Here's a lineup that projects for a half a point more than this lineup that is owned like 30 points less, right? I mean, like, then play this line. Right? We're not even looking at players. Do you notice that we're not even talking about, do you play Josh Hart or do you play Robert Covington or anything? We're not, we're not even talking. Dude, we didn't even mention players. We're not mentioning players. Who cares? We play lineups in DFS. And once you turn player names into numbers, the player names are just there to be, okay, they're there. Okay, let's see. We're getting down. We're getting out to the end. Can we find a 222? Because you'll see what we do after this. 222. I think we're, we're close. We're getting close, right? We're getting, oh, there we go. So we eliminated. We get it down to how many lineups? Nine lineups. Okay, good. We got it under 10. Yay! We got it. Under, so, so it fits into the lineup simulator, right? So obviously number, the number one lineup is like kind of like the cash lineup. If you would just press like, oh, I'll press the optimal button, right? Yeah, boom, boom, there. That's it. 
So if you're playing like double, like most of these lineups are like double up lineups. It's the top hundred optimals, right? But if you're playing like small field single entry, you're probably playing a lineup that is somewhere close to optimal, right? There's a 262 for optimal. That even the ninth lineup is 258.87. So you're only sacrificing like four points in projection, which is probably for small field stuff, 100 or less, maybe 500 or less. You could probably get away with, with maybe not the top lineup, maybe not the top couple of lineups, but maybe the ninth lineup is fine. The eighth lineup, maybe you, maybe you're building out 200 and doing this or three, the top 300 optimals and then trimming and then deciding. So here we have these nine lineups. So I'm going to go back into the lineup simulator. Okay. So let's switch over to that screen. Present window. Nope. Nope. Entire screen. Right. Go back here. We make it easy to clear lineups. We have a little, we literally a huge button that just says clear lineups. Done. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to export by fantasy points. These nine lineups that we trimmed out. Obviously the top one is like the lineup that you're more likely to see or play in like double ups. Now you might, may also likely see it in your, in your single entry contest because people will play like their cash lineup in them. Right. So I'm going to plug that in. So see, we see here, here are those nine lineups in order of ownership. So they're in order of ownership. They're all high on lineups. Remember, for large field, probably none of these are probably, probably, you probably need to dip even lower. But for small field, 100 or less, maybe 500 or less. You're probably not playing lineup one or two or three, but let's let's see how good lineups seven, eight, nine. Let's see what's on the bottom. So I'm going to go to lineup simulations, right? We can see here how often each lineup beats out one of the other, you know, not that we only have nine lineups here, right? So we can see here, obviously, lineup nine only wins at like, like almost a 5% rate like this, right? Versus lineup eight, which wins 7.76 and then 8.92. Remember, the top lineups are going to win. And when I say win, score more points than the other eight lineups here. But remember, you're playing GPPs, okay? So if you're playing lineups that are more owned, you're also sharing more points with the field. So just because, oh, this lineup is out 14% of the time and this is 13. What one of them told you that these two lineups are way higher owned than the lineup below it? Right, you want to you want to line up you want to play a lineup that yes it's less it's less likely to beat out the other lineups, but in comparison to the ownership of the lineup, that it ends up when it wins it wins more than it should. Right, so between these lineups, right, you're not going to play the top two or whatever, but you see that the difference between like even lineup one to lineup six is not is not much different. Right? Lineup one to lineup six. Lineup one is 255% owned. Lineup six is one, two, three, four, five, is 241.84. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So lineup six is 241.84. Lineup seven look is 234. So now you're starting to drop some ownership. 234. The one below it, lineup eight is 232. And the lineup below that is 222. Okay. And that's a pretty big gap in, in, in ownership, 10, 10 points. But you see here, like if you were to play, if, if you knew that a lot of people were playing like the top one, two, three, whatever lineups, maybe you'd end up playing lineup five or lineup six. This would be really small field, right? Like really small field, 50 to 100, something like that. Like I said, like to play just, you're, you're barely sacrificing projection and you're barely getting an ownership discount. So that's why the amount that you're not getting that much leverage, which means like you're playing this in like 10 mans, 50 mans, 100 mans, maybe. And that's how you could go about it. You could, you could literally do this if you wanted to. Use the numbers and go, oh, a lot of people are playing these. I'm going to play lineup six and then just play lineup six. Do you notice I never mention a player? Never mentioned, do you play this guy or that guy? Nothing. We already have the numbers. Who cares? We're playing a math game now. Who could who could rearrange the numbers the best? Obviously, if you want to change, project, if, if you would say, I think Brick Lopez should have a two-point higher projection for whatever reason you want, then just change his projection and then do this, right? I think he's going to be lower owned. I think he's only going to be 20% owned, not 28% owned. Okay, then change it to 20%. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a you're gonna get a lot more Brook Lopez then, right? But let's say you're not gonna play these top these top couple of owners owned you know the projected lineups. Let's say you look down here and you go, okay, lineup six seems like at lineup seven it drops enough, right? For this type of contest, a very small field contest. And that's what, 242, two, 241, two, so around 241, 242. 
Okay, so let's take a look at lineups in that range. And you go, okay, for this like 50-man contest, I think I could get away. The gap between this is big enough that I could get away with this type of lineup. Okay, well, we could go back into, into lineup HQ and actually make those lineups and make more of them and then choose between those if we wanted to. Like now we're really on the margins, right? I'm just highlighting this. Tomorrow we'll go into bigger when we talk about more large field stuff. But I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to lineup HQ. Okay, so let's go back there. Always have to stop the screen and bring up the other one. Uh, Where are we going? There we go. So we could do this in lineup HQ. It's like, okay, we don't want a lineup that's more than 242. Well, I could just set that in the build rules, right? Max total lineup ownership, 242, right? I'm going to build 20 lineups. We're just going to take the top 10. Or we're going to cut, we're going to just going to cut out the, 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 the ones in the middle. So just build 20. You can build way more than that. So all the lineups that we made in the top 100 that are like owned at 258 and two, like all those stuff that we cut out, well, it's not going to show up anymore because we set a max total lineup ownership at 242. So now we're just going to get the top 20 because there's no other constraints here that are 242 or less. So that that 241 point whatever lineup should be the first lineup that we get out of 20. Right? Let's let's make it let's make it 25 and we'll cut out the bottom 25 or the bottom 5 or the bottom bottom whatever. Right? So we're going to build 25 now. That 241 lineup should be the first one. Yeah, 241.84. See, it should be the first one. Right? So now we're going to do the same thing. We're going to get rid of lineups that Project too high for their ownership. This is a 241. This is a 234, which is probably the next line, probably the next lineup that we had in the lineup simulator, right? 241, 234, 236. Okay, get rid of that. 232. That's fine. 232, 238 is too much. We have to be 232. That's not good enough. 231.31. Okay, that's fine. This isn't. This definitely isn't. This definitely isn't. 231. Nope, this is 235. Can we beat 231? No, we still can't beat 231. 232, close. Right. I could have made more lineups, right? I just made 25 for the sake of time. Because we're instead of doing... I'm going to show off the portfolio trimmer at some other point. But I want to show it manually here. Okay, here we go. 226. 226. Can we beat 226? 226. 230. Okay, we can't. Okay, so now we, now we get these lineups. Now we have five lineups. And the range that we saw was like acceptable, right? We go back to the, the lineup simulator. Go back to the lineup simulator, right? We see here, it's like, it's lineup sit. Like that first lineup that we have is essentially lineup seven, right? This lineup right here at 8.6% compared to these, which are going to be much higher on. These are like the cash lineups, right? So now I'm going to, Go back, clear these lineups, and put those five lineups in. And compare those five to each other. So I'm going to export these five. You see here, for anyone that's like technically, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I never really used Excel much or whatever. Dude, we're cutting and pasting and clicking. You see how easy this is? It's dummy proof. Right, so I'm going to take these six line, these five lineups. I'm going to cut and paste them right there, right? Easy peasy. And then let's see between those five. We go here. Now, based on ownership, 
Looks like lineup, lineup one, lineup one, lineup one, right? Comes out more, more ahead. But I mean, how much more ahead in some of these runs that than lineup four? Like, look how close these lineups really are. I mean, really, look how close they are. Even lineup five, which has a lower floor and a lower ceiling, still wins out amongst these five lineups like 12% of the time. What would be average? 20, right? We have five lineups. So what would be the average? If if all these lineups were exactly the same, you should expect one to win 20% of the time, right? One wins a little bit more. But lineup, but in comparison to the ownership, what's the ownership drop on these lineups? One's 241, one's 234, one's 232, one's 231, right? Let's even take out the top lineup. We could go in and I could just get rid of this, right? I could get rid of that lineup just at the top and see the other four lineups, right? Which out of these? Right? These 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 lineup two, three, and four are not that much different from one another. Right? Obviously, the top one we're sorted by meeting projection. So we expect that the lineups that are on the top to win a little bit more often. But is it that dramatic that we can't just play lineup four? I don't see why not. Why can't we play GPP? We don't want to share points. So lineup four in this set may you want to eke out a little bit more EV, that may be better. Lineup five, maybe, maybe, right? 258. Yeah, because we're, dro- we're dropping a f- almost a full point in projection for that lineup. Yeah. We're dropping only five points in ownership, five percentage points in ownership, and dropping like 1.3 in projection. And you, you could see that in the lineup simulator that that's the reason why it's only coming up 19. So maybe, maybe take lineup four. Lineup four is uh, what? Irving, uh, Curry, McDermott, Simmons, Lopez, Lillard, Marcus Morris, Sr. Seems like it's probably only different, but like it's like a 2v2 off the cash line. Like I said, this would be something that you'd look at for like really small field, 50, 100. Like, even then, you may even want like more leverage in this. But I'm just showing, I'm just showing you that this would be what you're looking at. This would be the theory of playing lineups, right, that are high projected and lower owned. High projected lower. And high projected doesn't even mean median. That's why we're running it through these Monte Carlo sims. Now, obviously, in NBA, players are much more normally distributive. So the median, that you, you expect higher median lineups to actually perform, on average, better, right? Because the ceiling and floor differences on your whole lineup is not is going to be such a small gap because most of the, play, the players' outcomes are more normally distributed. In baseball, you may not see this. In baseball, you may see this one team ceiling maybe just a point or two higher than someone else's median, and then you look at some stack and you go, "Wow, that twin stack actually outperforms the Dodgers, like compared to their ownership, way way more because the twin ceiling for whatever reason, their range of outcomes is a little wider. Maybe they're facing like a strikeout pitcher that gives out a gives up a lot of fly balls, right? And in a ballpark, and then the, the wind is blowing out like eight miles an hour or something." So it may give the twins like all their hitters get a, like a little 10% boost. Then once you run the Monte Carlos, you see that although the medians of like the Dodgers are better, like the twins actually have close from a from a five-man standpoint, close to the, the same ceiling, 
similar enough that the ownership of the Dodgers is three times that of the Twins, and you just say, I guess I'm taking the Twins today, right, for ownership reasons. That's why I would. I w- we should title this episode "Ownership Adjusted Lineup Simulations," which is not this is not perfect. Remember, this is not precise. This is more precise than what you've been doing, probably. But this isn't like the be oh, if I just do this, I get the perfect lineup. No, I've already said that if you're playing like a 50 man GPP, like pick lineup two, three, or four. That's fine. Pick up line lineup five is probably fine, right? Where does the money come from? The bad lineup. Your goal in that contest is not to play the highest owned lineup, but also not to play a lineup that's way too low projected. That's the that's the crux of DFS. It's just a matter of finding where that good range is for that contest size based on what your opponents are doing from an ownership standpoint, and then playing one of them, playing one of them, playing two of them, playing five of them, playing 150 of them. That's it. That's DFS. Welcome to DFS. This is the core of what what you're doing. Whether or not you're doing it in a blunt way without even using any of these tools. You're just like, well, this guy's going to be high owned, so I'm going to take this guy instead because I think he's going to do better. Like that's the really bluntest way of doing it. Or using max ownership in lineup HQ and going, cutting out lineups like I did or bringing it into like a Monte Carlo sim. But I mean, even guys like Nerdy Tenor, like they're doing this also just more complexly, more precisely. How could you get to that point without having to build a supercomputer, right? I'm showing you that. That's the purpose of this show, to beat your opponents. James Aguirre, to see what a line of projections were after the slate is over, you'd have to save the projections on ownership, correct? That's correct. So if you you wanted to do that, save. You could save it right at a lineup HQ, right? Before you go to sleep, right? Before you go to sleep at night, just down, just download the data from lineup HQ. Now we have historical data, but the historical data just shows like the historical points. So if you want, if you want to see what like the perfect lineup was based on the actual, like what actually happened, we have that. But you won't, we won't have the actual like old projection, the old ownership. You you couldn't get that. So yes, you have to save these things. Create a folder. Create a folder on your computer. Call it saved projections. And then anytime you download it, once you once you use it, put a date on. I mean, the date is already on the file, right? But it's, it has all, you know, the digits and all that may, might not look good. Feel free to change the name. Just the NBA, right? NBA-January 17th, if you want. I typically put the year, the day, the the, the month, and the day. So I, I, I would name it NBA-2023-01-17. Right, and that would be it. That would be the NBA projections for that day. And from what source, right? Or an aggregate. After that would be like AGG or RG or insert site there if you aggregate. Right, you could do that. Or you could just download the aggregate, right? Because you could do that inside of lineup HQ. Just say, I'm just going to, whatever aggregate projections I was using to build lineups, that's what I'm using to compare to my opponents. And then the next day, say, I'm going to download the contest CSV and see what everyone's lineups look like from a projection versus ownership standpoint. You can do that. In the larger field stuff, in the largest field stuff, Excel can't, you can't do the millimakers. Like people have tried. Like there's just too much data. For Excel, you can do it. Just not in the theory of DFS tools. Right? Because there's a limitation on 
it's to be able to do do all that you know problem solving for 250,000 entries i'm not even sure if it fits on your clipboard to even cut and paste it out but yeah for for most if you did nba, NBA large field with 40,000 entries you can do it may take a, it may hey understand it may take 2 or 3 minutes so you may put it in and you'll see it working and you leave it alone but for the smaller stuff thousand if you're playing like the spy in football or something yeah it, it, that's fine a couple of seconds you're you're good Right. These Excel tools are meant to, to contribute to your process, not not be something that you build an entire, you, you don't build a supercomputer on Microsoft Excel. But you could get you could get this tool and others like it. Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players. How to apply profitable DFS strategies in a systematic, repeatable, time-efficient process. Comes with 10 chapters of audio. Right? Get the first course, obviously. If you don't understand the, the basics, Right? Get the first course. That's 15 hours. It goes through everything. Obviously, a lot of the stuff we talk about on the show comes from the first course. So if you want to just continue watching this show, it won't be necessarily in order. I answer questions. If you want a structured way of learning, go get the go get the first course. Same thing for the second course. Once you finish the first one. If you want structured, this is unstructured learning. Right? People were asking questions. I got a whole bunch of questions about projections and the differences between lineups. How much projection do I leave for how much ownership? I get that all the time. So I wanted to go through and show. If you want that extra little edge on choosing between already good lineups, right? We'll talk about more larger field GPPs tomorrow, similarly to this. But also just come, comes, I want to reinforce two things. First, you see that we're not mentioning players. We're just mentioning lineups. Okay. Second thing is, is that like the difference between a lot of these lineups are so fuck, it's so so marginal. So if you spend if you if if you spent an hour just trying to decide between this lineup is point one and that lineup is ten is is eight point eight less project projected and this is one two percent less owned, you're missing the point. Both lineups are fine, right? They're fine. That's that's not how you should be spending your time. You should be spending your time getting down to candidate lineups, right? And the larger and larger field that you play, the more candidate lineups there will be. So for this really small 10-man, 50-man maybe, you're not playing lineups that are 15 points lower projected, no matter how, how low owned they are, right? You're just giving up too much projection, in NBA at least. Right, if you're playing a ten-man contest, you're not doing that. Those lineups don't. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter how low they're owned. It's, it's most likely, almost definitely, a negative EV lineup. Hundred thousand entry contest, even the forty thousand entry uh, GP. That 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 fifteen point lower projected lineup and almost no ownership. That may be a very good lineup. Right, you get a lot more candidate lineups the larger and larger the field size gets. The, the thing is, is finding where the candidate lineups lie, the balance of projection and ownership, and then choosing. Once you get in that range, if you're just playing one lineup in a large field contest, I could build 3,000 lineups that I would be like, random number generate, I could go to random.org, right? I could, I could build for the end for the millimaker, maker, let's say. Right, let's let's call it NBA because NBA doesn't have as much correlation. So there's going to be certain things in NFL, right? 
right? So I go to random.org. It's quite possible in NBA on like an 11 game NBA slate for the large field contest that I could build 3000 lineups that I would have no problem playing. They may have slightly, they may have different standard deviations. That, and that's another topic. But from an EV standpoint, I wouldn't mind any of them. At, at 3,000 lineups, 3,000 lineups. And you said, you're four, you have a gun to your head. Pick one. Pick one. Which one is the best one? Dude, if you spend more than a minute on this, like it's what, like to one, you could literally go here, go one, two, 3,000. Let's generate. I'm going to play the 326 slot. And if you spend the hour, right, trying to figure out which one of the 3,000 to play, and we ran this slate out, God knows how many times, and I just randomly pick one against you, we're not going to do much different from each other. We're not. The results are going to, we're both going to have a similar ROI. Okay? So if I could do this, I could just go to random.org and do it. Why are you spending all your time trying to pick one out of 3,000 lineups? Now, obviously, if you're playing 20 lineups, 100 lineups, now we start getting into portfolio dynamics of how do you manage risk. But one lineup, I mean, you're only playing one line. You have 100% of everyone when you play one line. So at that point, it's a matter of how do we get down to our candidate lineups? That should be most of your work. How can we get down to candidate lineups? Then from there, the extra edge, the extra little edge that you don't even need to take if you didn't want to, if you're playing in contests that have plenty of weak lineups, too high owned or too low projected lineups, right? Too high owned, too low projected, and you want to play the lineups that are like right in the middle. Where are those candidate lineups? On that slate. Smaller slates, bigger slates. I mean, the numbers are always going to be different. There's no like rule. We'll always set max ownership for X. There's no, there's no set. There's no magic settings. It's like, how do I find the candidate lineups? Okay. I think I found, and you judge it. A lot of times it's like, ah, that looks about right for the field size. Ah, I'm giving up like five points here from this slate. And I don't mind giving up up to 12 and, I should be getting at least this discounted ownership and around there. And then you go, okay, that's where the, that's where the candidate lineups reside. And they go, I'm going to build 300 of them, right? Maybe I'm playing 10 or 20 or whatever. So I built 300 of them. And then now I have to pick 20 out of the 300. Those are the lineups that I play. There you go. Welcome to DFS. That's GPP play. So you wonder a lot of, a lot of top players, even ones that don't use their own simulation methodology, right? They don't, they're not running sim, you're not, they're not doing all that work. They do it more in a, in a more blunt way. Like I do it, like we teach here. It shouldn't take you that long. You should be able to, to show up for an NBA slate and outside of all the news and all the chaos of NBA. If you wanted to play 20 max GPP, Shouldn't take you more than 15 minutes, right? Once you get good at it, it may, maybe you give yourself an hour and then that time gets that. Once you once you start learning like what to look for and go, okay, these lineups, okay, maybe I play a little bit of that and a little bit of this. I trim some of these lineups. I run some of those lineups. What does it look like if I don't play this guy in the lineup? Oh, that guy's too, whoa, okay, can't do that. So I got to play this. And you go through all of that. Once you're used to doing that, 15 minutes, I mean, how much time do you need? Remember, we're not research. All the other work is done for you. All the names have been turned into numbers for you already. So I don't need to look at what the, the rebound rate of Jakob Pertle is. I don't care. 
right? I don't I don't care. It's already been done for me. It's just a matter of figuring out where the candidate lineups lie and what lineups I want to play from them. If I only had to choose one, I ran you could ran I could randomly choose 20. Right? If I didn't care about managing risk, I could just randomly choose 20 out of the 300. There you go. Randomly play 20 of those. Probably not going to do much better or different than if I handpick the 20 that I want to play. It's probably not going to matter that much. Once you start learning more about the math and the game theory of DFS, you see more and more how much of your process that you were doing really doesn't matter as much as you think. And you start eliminating stuff that you're spending time on that doesn't provide you and much of an edge, if any edge. Possibly it could be negative. Probably what you maybe you what you're doing is actually hurting you. So people overthink DFS, especially when like 95% of the work is done for you if you subscribe to Roto Grinders. We already we give you all the numbers. And if you don't agree with the numbers, change the numbers. If you want to take our numbers and then take some other site's numbers, if you build your own model and you say, Oh, I don't I don't care about your numbers, I'm gonna do all the minutes, I'm gonna do all the projected projections, and then use lineup HQ as a tool. You could do that as well. You could do your own and then aggregate it and go, I'm gonna do my own, but I'm gonna aggregate it with RG's projections. You could do that also, right? But once you get the names turned into numbers, I, I don't is Pat Connington gonna shoot well today? Is not I I could put together lineups and not realize they even have Pat Connington in a lineup. Right. He hits four threes in a row, and I don't even know if I'm rooting for that. Do I have Pat Connington in one of my lineups? Oh, looks looks like I got him in two of them. You'll see reactions like that. You talk to top GPP players, especially ones that play 150 max. They don't even know what lineups, what players are in what lineups. It's like, oh, this guy's doing well. Oh, look, turns, they'll look at, they'll then look and go, oh, it turns out I got 7% of him. And they took take a look at those lineups. Didn't even know. Didn't even know. Didn't manually choose and say, I'm going to play Pat Connaughton today. Just their process like this led them to like, okay, I have all these candidate lineups. I got 5,000 candidate lineups, and now I need to play 150 of them. And I get down to 150, and it turns out that Pat Connaughton's in 7% of lineups. So when he puts up 40 points out of the blue, oh, okay, great. There it is, Right. People think that like we like professional DFS players spend all oh, I don't have the time. I go to work from nine to five, ten to six, whatever. You guys, you professionals, you spend all day researching this stuff. No, we don't. No, we don't. I'm telling you. We don't. Right? Petty theft, maybe. Right? He does some stuff in the morning because he's doing his own minutes, right? Some people do their own minutes, right? That takes a little bit more work. But outside of that, so many top players are are using our projections, literally using our projections. They may be aggregating with other, they may be aggregating five sets of projections. They're using our projections, and then they're just building, there, there you go. Maybe they run, maybe they run some type of ownership on their own. They change some stuff. And maybe they have a process more precise than just like our little Monte Carlo sims, right? Our projection owner, you know, ownership sum and ownership product. Maybe they may have a little bit more precise way of doing that. They're programming stuff in Python and R to simulate stuff more than a thousand times. Maybe they're even running contest simulations. They're going to be much more precise. 
which means their lineups as a set are probably going to be slightly better than yours. Not much better, though. Truthfully, not much better. So where does the money come from? The bad lineups. So as long as there's enough bad lineups, that's where your equity comes from, right? And now it's a matter of we're fighting over that equity. Are we going to get more than our fair share of that equity? Well, build lineups like this, and there you go. You got fair share, and move on. Don't even have to watch the slate. Move on to tomorrow. You can if you want. Is that not entertaining for you? No, I mean, if you want to sweat it out, sweat it out. That's why you'll find a lot of top DFS players aren't even watching the games. This is the reality. This is the reality of DFS. Do you want to play like this? Do you want to make money? This is what the reality is. If you're playing for entertainment, then play for entertainment. Don't disregard everything that I... It's no fun to do it this way. Okay, well, I find it fun to do it this way because I like I like sorting out numbers and then making money based on my decisions. I mean, I enjoy that. That's what I do find fun. Some people like making a lineup and sweating a game. Then go do that. Feel free to bash buttons if you want. That's fine. That's what we're meant. That's thank you for providing the equity for our contest to make money. <laughs> right? Thank you. Go do it. But if you want to even at that point go, I'm not playing to like make money, but I'd like to have a more competitive shot at it. Maybe you implement some of this stuff, right? Doesn't mean you have to get to this extent. No, but I hope you at least get some concepts out of what I teach here and what I teach in the course so that you have more, that maybe at least you get to one of those candidate lineups that, so at least, at least you're in the zone of like, oh, at least I played a lineup that has more than its fair share more often than you do. Even though you may just be building one, two, three lineups for entertainment purposes. You go, oh, now that now I know this, maybe I'll just sign up to Roto Grinders. Click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. So I have all these projections and all the numbers. And I'll go and you could build 5,000. I could build 300 candidate lineups. And if you're like, there's no way I'm playing Ben Simmons today for whatever. You don't. You just don't like the dude. Then just X out those lineups. Just play the best. Play whatever non-Ben Simmons lineups. If you wanted to, just for entertainment purposes. Right? You're making a decision that you don't have to. But if you, for entertainment purposes, I, I just, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to play this guy, but I want to play that guy. Even though the guy doesn't project as well as some of these other people, but I want to, I have a feeling. I have a hunch. So, lock him in and and build the 100 lineups based on that and then choose three of those. You can still do that if you want, right? You can still do that. But even if you're just playing for entertainment and you just at least want to have more of a shot against, you know, the computer geniuses, right? People like us. Go do that. That's fine. Sometimes I get, I get emails back and it's like, do we really have to do all of this for, like, what's all of this? Not really all of this. Once you once you understand what you're doing, this takes like no time. You have eight hours to research. Dude, I do nothing. If I was playing today's NBA slate, what time, what time is the slate? 7.30, which means I, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be on my computer until at least a 5.30 injury report. At least. I'd tune into Grinders Live, which has come out you know later tonight, right? Tune into Grinders Live and Crunch Time, which is on the YouTube channel. Click, click subscribe, click like, click the notification bell. You'll know. Typically, I'm not even looking at the slate. I don't even know who's playing until then, right? Until, until Grinders Live. 
well, what are you doing throughout the day? I'm doing whatever the hell I want. <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. Maybe I take a nap. Maybe I watch a movie. Maybe I go out and go, go, go get groceries or whatever. Maybe I'm going to go play, go play poker. Who knows? I can do whatever I want. What am I doing throughout the day? It's all being done. Jamino and Noto and Andy, SBK, Bob Reeves, Alan Lamb, they're doing all the, they're doing, they're putting all the numbers in for me already. I already got a team working on it. And you could have that same team by subscribing to Roto Grinders. So like, they're doing that. Through, that's their job. Their job is to turn the player names into numbers. That's what they're doing. So if you want to get an edge up on your competition, right? That maybe just be building lineups, you know, on the toilet. That may be 15, 20% of the lineups in these contests, at least. Subscribe to Roto Grinders. So you could you could get home nine to five, right? Maybe you have a little commute. Maybe you work from home. Who knows? You get home at six. You load up lineup HQ. You build a couple of lineups. You obviously, with NBA, you're going to wait for news and who's in, who's out. Is this guy questionable? All that type of crap. And then you're good. You're done. Go watch the games. Go go turn on the NBA games. Feel free to sweat it out. That's it. And your lineups, if you at least do this somewhat decently well, won't won't be won't be much worse than a lot of the top pros lineup. It won't really be that much worse. Maybe some of them are better. That's all you need. That's that's really all you need. And you're competitive. You're not a bad lineup anymore. Right? You're not where does the money come from? It ain't coming from you. It ain't coming from you anymore. Okay, so if you got any questions about this, we'll be talking more about lineup simulations and uh larger field GPPs tomorrow. Uh, but if you got any questions about this subject in general, uh email me questions at theoryofdfs.com and uh and uh, I I, I, I want to get, the, if, if you listen on the podcast feed or you're listening later, just that I want to make sure for, for this specific subject to make sure that I'm answering them tomorrow, at least. Because I don't know when let, next time I'm going to get back to this. So email me then. You can follow me at BlenderHD. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. We got an NBA slate tonight. We got PGA stuff. We got MMA stuff. We got NFL playoff stuff. We got everything here. So sub to Roto-Grinders, you get all the content. And I'll see you tomorrow answering your DFS strategy questions, as I always do here, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.